Hi everybody, welcome to another episode of Stationary Freaks with uh, myself, Rob Lambert, and... Hi, Helen Lazowski. Oh, well, we, we hope you're all okay. It's been a while, hasn't it, Helen? It's been pretty much six months since we put out a podcast. Yeah, I, I feel like at school where they say, where's your homework, and you just haven't done it. It's just like, yeah. really Bad, isn't it? <laughs> the kids set fire to it, you know, various different excuses. Um, but, you know, we, we just want to say thank you, actually, first, because during our Christmas um, sort of festivities, we did all these different days of podcasts. We're very, very grateful for all the downloads, very, very grateful for all the connections and contacts and likes and all the other stuff on our Instagram page, uh, which is Stationary Freaks UK, if you're interested. And loads of people got in touch and we promised all sorts of things like notebooks and all sorts of stuff that we'd send out as well as get back in touch with people. And it kind of didn't happen. So we just want to say sorry for that. But thank you for all the love that you gave us. And maybe today's episode will get back into some sort of rhythm. But we also probably should take some time to explain why life kind of got in the way. Maybe what's changed in the last six months with stationery and the way that we work. How does that sound, Helen? That sounds like a poor excuse for why my homework wasn't given in, but let's go with it all the same. Yeah, well, I figured we could maybe make it slightly entertaining for people as well at the same time. So You mock me, Rob. It's absolutely fine. This is good. This is good. Okay. Um, so, Helen, life's got in the way, has it? We've struggled to find time to record or have we, you know, what, what's going on? Anything interesting in your world? Well, I remember sending you an email or a text on WhatsApp saying, are you dead? I think you responded yes, but <laughs> yes, absolutely. Uh, it's been, it has been busy, um, and, and it's just been real life. You know, I think I've, I think the sort of relaxing of the rules of the pandemic, despite me being still, I'm actually still quite careful when I go out and about. Mm. But inevitably, there's more out and about than there has been, and that's come as a bit of a shock, to be honest. I have had to go places fairly often, and I apparently this is not. Now, as part of my mental map, I found it quite a lot of effort. So, uh, yeah, it's been very much more full on than I'd expected. Yeah, same here. Same here. Absolutely. You know, expectations to be back in the office and all sorts of stuff. And, you know, I've been building a studio. Not me personally. I'm not that talented. Um, But just trying to organize a studio build, which is where I'm recording this now. And so I apologize if it's a little bit echoey. I'm still decorating it. Um, you can follow behind the scenes, actually, if you're interested. It's simply Lambert on Instagram, a little bit of self-promo there. But, um, yeah, stuff like that's got in the way, you know. It's just we're putting the housing plans together. Everything's just sort of meant that, I guess, we've just not been able to get together to record. No, and it's not even been that we've got together. We literally probably haven't spoken for six months more than a couple of slightly sarcastic texts, which is very unusual for us, Rob. We, we've sort of apologised. We've kind of ex- excused ourselves for our for our late homework. What's changed in your world? Anything that you think our listeners would be really interested in with, you know, stationary ways of working, anything like that? So, uh, yeah, well, um, I have been actually remarkably consistent. So I have just started setting up a new Zen art book which uh, everyone knows I do the bullet journal thing sadly they last so long that I don't get to set them up nearly often enough so I'm very excited because everybody knows just how delicious a brand new notebook is Um, and then um, I am slightly alarmed at my Etsy habit has blossomed into something that's actually quite frightening now Um, so uh, you know there's these fabulous people out there uh, like 
a lady I'm dealing with right now who has personalish stickers is her is her book is her um shop and what she does is she allows me to create these little stickers that say team Lizowski because you know I have that as one of my little headings and I get to put them in and yeah, they're just so beautiful so that's um, cool I know but Etsy how awesome is that so the other thing that I just want to give a shout out to a shout out to Etsy which I you know it's not really in the stationary way but one of the reasons that I've been so busy is my mom's just had a really big shoulder operation actually and she found on Etsy uh, this company that basically takes um, t-shirts and effectively puts velcro and there's others that do poppers that allows you to be able to put them on and off without moving an arm when you've had a shoulder replacement and just how niche is that how cool, cool. is that so yeah there's there's some great stuff so uh, that's why I've been busy. One of the reasons I've been busy, but it's also, you know, yay, go Etsy is a little niche world. I love it. That sounds cool. I know. Um, I, I, unlike you, have not been consistent and have bought lots of notebooks that I have no use for at all, um, just because they're cool. But I will say, uh, Mark and Fold, I've been using their everyday notebook oh, really? for literally every day at work as my uh, little notebook. You know, as a manager, leader, you know, I look after a few people. Um, it's great. It's just the right size. I think it's A5, I think they are. And it just writes nice. You know, I use a sort of one of these ink gel pens on it and it just works really, really well. And it's just superb. So big shout out to Mark and Fold. And I know you're uh, a little bit obsessed with the desk planner, aren't you? I know, right? So I bought this little kit um, and I think I've worked lyrical about the pencils before because they're just... They have this lovely, like, flattened uh, sort of razor rubber on the end, which I adore. But never mind that. It came with this nice sort of desk pad note thing. Um, and it's probably A5. It, and I didn't think I'd use it at all. It'd be like, yeah, you know. I am now complete. It's like an essential on my desk now. So I've got the, the mark and fold pencil and the mark and fold desk pad. And I'm going to have to get another one because I'm nearly out. It's just brilliant. I use it for all that stuff scribbling down little notes as you're working during a day in endless meetings. It's the mm -hmm. stuff where somebody says something, you're not expecting to take notes, but somebody says something you don't want to forget. And so I have these pieces of paper, which I just scribble these tiny little notes on. And once it gets full, I just screw it up and throw it away. It's great. Nice. Love it. Nice. That sounds good. I was using the yellow legal pads for that, but I just keep flipping around and changing. I can't settle on anything, which is uh, pain not. painfully frustrating. <laughs> um, but one thing I have done, I bought a moleskin A5, you know, one of these soft bound ones, nice, simple, plain pages, no lines, no dots, no grids, nothing. And I've really got back into mind mapping. So anything that's sort of, you know, um, maybe we'll talk about it. I, I was organizing a retreat just for myself, not a retreat for other people. Ooh. And it's just really helpful to just mind map kind of what that was going to be, you know, what was it going to do, et cetera, et cetera. So I've got really into that recently back into mind mapping, which no doubt will change next year and I'll be back into um, something else. <laughs> okay. I think maybe we ought to do something on mind mapping, Rob, because I'd like to start writing again. And the thing that stops me is the fact that I need to organize my thoughts. Now, normally I do it with post-its on a wall, but I wonder if maybe, you know, we could do a little session on mind mapping that you could then help me with Absolutely. my endless procrastination and I could pretend that it's not <laughs> yeah I mean every every book I've written and actually almost every video and blog post starts as a mind map of some sort not necessarily the classical spider diagram kind but you know some sort of mind diagram of some sort and we could talk through all the different types if we're interested 
Yeah. Yeah. yeah let oh, us know yeah. in the comments. Let us know on uh, Instagram if there's something you'd like us to talk about. We can do that for sure. You know what, Helen? I was, um, I've had a new studio built, <clears throat> got a new shed built as well, and I was clearing out a whole load of old boxes, and I discovered those three plastic boxes that I took no. from you. <laughs> Um, when we finished an engagement together, didn't we, on one of the work things that we were doing? And I took them home, and you were like, yeah, I'll collect them sometime. That was, what, four years ago, was it? I know, right? Well, that, to be fair, it was pre-pandemic, and we didn't think there was going to be that long before we ended up working together. But, you know, life gets in the way and changes, and I, I'm not doing that now, so well, that's great. Apologies a... if you heard the cat then. I think she's just taking home. I wondered what that was. I thought it was you. I was like, I say, you all right? It sounded like I lent on her, but of course I didn't. She is fine. No cats were harmed in the making of this podcast. Are you still task managing using bullet journaling, that kind of stuff? Because I know you were dabbling a little bit with Todoist at some point. I, yeah. So Todoist is really good for saying every year on the 7th of November, you've got to do a thing. So, or every month, or can you remember to please water the orchids or whatever it would be so I have the kind of regular stuff that's just boring in there uh check the bank accounts to make sure there's enough money in there those kind of boring jobs yeah um but I yeah I very much but I now have kind of solidified around a system at the moment that doesn't seem to have changed for the last year um so I have my bullet journal which is great I have a a different notebook, which I use for one-to-ones with all my directs. Um, And I have a book, which, this sounds really ridiculous. I have a book with which I keep all the notes of all the interviews I ever run. I always think it's really good to keep notes for interviews, and I know you do too. And so I keep those separate so that in no way, shape or form is it a book that does anything other than interviews. So all I have to flip back is find the date and then it's fine. And that lasts forever because I, you know, I interview a lot, but I don't interview books and books worth. So, and then the last one is the one I go through the most actually is I have, and this is how I'm using up my shelf and it's quite a big shelf. It might really be some <laughs> shelves, but we're pretending it's one of, of uh, unused notebooks. And what I'm using those for is when I go to meetings, I find that, and we've talked about this before, haven't we, about how important it is to write things down in order to remember them. Mm-hmm. And I'm finding that I can't, because of the joy of Zoom, the opportunity for people to book you into, say, back-to-back meetings, and you can be talking about a different project, so, you know, one hour, and then next meeting is a different project for another hour. And I get to the end of the day, and I couldn't remember enough detail, so I've got much better, much slicker with my note-taking. It's a habit I had, I just stopped using because I could remember things, and apparently I can't remember that much. That <laughs> so, so I have um, a notebook which I, I use just for note-taking literally and all I do is put the projects at the top of the day and then all I have to do is find it but it's not intended to be anything other than a way of remembering rather than it's not supposed to be pretty or a joy or cross-reference very often well I mean it sounds like you've separated the concerns haven't you you've got you've got different notebooks for different activities um you know I I guess the whole point of note-taking really for me there's the sort of two reasons you do it one is to remember in the moment where writing notes you know there's some studies that suggest that writing with hand you know, pen and paper actually yeah. aids retention. And then there's the other one, which is the searchability. There's very little point in actually find, you know, writing loads of notes if you then can't find them again, which is why digital tools seem so popular. But what you've done is you've separated it. So need interview stuff, this notebook, you know, general notes, this yeah. one. So yeah, awesome. Sounds great. Yeah, I've got this sort of love-hate relationship with Todoist. 
I, you know, one weekend I'll put everything in it and then I'll look at it and go like, there are like 3000 tasks in here. This is nuts. And this is how my brain works. You know, you've worked with me. Yeah, yeah. I just try and do world domination. So every weekend looks like, you know, the task list of a thousand people. (laughs) And you don't have short time frames either, do you? So you're trying to do, you know, world domination for five years time in Todoist. I mean, possibly not the best tool for the job, Rob. It's just a suggestion. I I, I think so. And, and, you know, it's, I sort of underestimate all the time how little time I have. So I overestimate, you know, how, you know, all the time. And so, I've actually reverted to the, a big whiteboard that I had. I didn't, I didn't want to put the whiteboard up in my new studio because I don't like the look of whiteboards. Um, there's something about them. But I thought, you know what? So I drew out six rows, essentially, and then three columns on this whiteboard. Yeah. Now, that sits over in the corner. I'm not going to put it on the wall because I don't want to destroy the walls. And in there is my editorial calendar because what I was finding was I'd be like, yeah, I can write a book in a month. And... <laughs> It just doesn't happen, you know, and then six months go by and I get annoyed with myself because I'm not doing it. And then that adds to the frustration. And then there's like procrastination, all sorts of crazy stuff kicks in. So this time that whiteboard has six months and it has the videos I'm going to produce, the podcasts I'm going to do, the books I'm going to do. And it's spaced out. I've actually given myself three months to write the next book. Um, Well, that's still probably not long enough Rob but I like the fact yeah. that you're learning <laughs> exactly but the thing is like people say how oh, you know you can write books really quickly and yeah they're not great books you know at the end of the day they're not world-class novels which would take me six months to a year to write no doubt but I have kind of been writing these books for years you know all of the stuff that we've been yeah. doing you're writing it in your head all the time so actually getting it out of my head is actually therapeutic to some extent so yeah that's the whiteboard and Todoist I don't know I look at it every day and there's just a thousand tasks and because it's endless, you can just keep adding stuff and it just, it just messes with my head a little bit, but then I go to a paper notebook and I'm kind of like, yeah, this is cool. It's great. And then nah, just don't get on with that either. So I used to say that every time I switch from a, well, I still say really, if I'm switching from a paper to electronic or back again, it's because there's too much on my list. Yes. It's, It's literally, you know, what matters what, that that focusing on what do I absolutely have to do? What time frame is most useful to look at here? Because you know what it's like, and we've worked in companies where uh, the management team or the directors are thinking, uh, we want to get to this in five years' time, and they get very, very focused on all the details that have to be done without knowing what those foundation stones are. So I like to think five years ahead, maybe, I don't, you know me, Rob, but focus <laughs> ahead. And then what I do is bring it so that you're only ever focusing on the detail for the next useful period. And the problem is, is I think your useful period that you focus on is too big. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely, without a doubt. But, you know, it's the it's the frustration that comes from going, yeah, I'm going to do all of this. And then I actually end up doing nothing because just the overwhelm kicks in. Oh, yeah. So, to me, it's like, well, if I just slow down and, and reduce, like, I, sh- I had a goal of doing 12 videos this year, and I've done none. Oh, no, so, really? Yeah. Oh. So it's kind of, well, I've got the footage. I just haven't got around to editing. I haven't got around to doing oh. stuff. So it's it's just, you know, it's just overwhelming. So I'm definitely doing too much, definitely focused a little bit more on that. And one of the things I've also started to do is to learn how to draw. And that's been oh really therapeutic actually in the evening just mostly copying other people's pictures just to get you know (laughs) how to draw but 
I'm really enjoying it actually. And and then the boys see me doing it and then they start doing the colouring or the, the drawing and stuff as well. So yeah, it's become quite a nice routine for us. That's a nice idea. And I mean I part of me is sad that I'll never see one of your trademark dog on a skateboard again, but maybe well, be a dog on a skateboard and just look more like a dog on a skateboard because yeah. there was a question over that sometimes. <laughs> I mean, yeah, somebody thought it was a dinosaur, but it was definitely a dog. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. So Helen, what else is happening in, in your world stationary wise? Well, I have uh not a I've bought lots and lots of stickers from Etsy, as I've said. Um, that colour, I've been really curious. Since we've talked about this in the past, I've been really curious and sort of watching myself from the outside, as it were, about how colour is makes such a massive difference to the way in which I perceive my day, really. So that's been really interesting. And, and some colours I'll stick with for several weeks and then suddenly I'm bored with that now so a color that was really therapeutic a month ago everything's got to be green colors green shades because that's just so relaxing suddenly isn't but you know suddenly I want pink or you know something equally unlikely for me but it's true it's really bizarre but I've been I bought some more of those um Artzea pens which obviously uh, they're the the gel pens that I bought instead of the ink joy ones because they are cheaper but actually write more smoothly I think for me and um, so they have like this uh they're sort of I think they call them heritage colors or something so they're much more muted and darker and I'm quite enjoying those as well so I've got some lovely dark greens that are really nice so it's all about you know the pens and the um <laughs> pens and the stickers I'm like a 12 year old girl aren't I it's ridiculous that's what you enjoy no, that's good. Yeah. When I was, obviously, the, the studio is beautiful. I absolutely love it. It's, it's incredible. It's new. It's fresh. I've spent a fortune. <laughs> you know, carpets, chairs, sideboards, you name it. I was, I, I went a little bit uh, over the top. But trying to decide on a colour for the space was really hard. Oh, yeah. Because I didn't want anything too dark because it's north-facing. We've got a south-facing garden. And yeah. the studio faces the house, so it's north-facing. So it's not going to get daylight through the day coming straight through the window so to speak from the sun and that's good and i wanted that because actually when you're doing videos i need to be able to control that light even though actually i've not done any videos yet so um but then you know people say oh a nice bright color white is just super clinical for me i really struggle with you know straight white rooms and so i've gone for this sort of off-white silverish kind of color and it's nice and bright but I don't feel like it's quite right. And I know what's going to happen. There'll be a redecorating effort in six months. <laughs> but yeah, there's so many colors when you go to the shop. I mean, there's just like a gazillion different shades of white. And you're like, why do we need this? We, we don't need this. You're overwhelming me. Just give me three choices and, and I'll be satisfied. I know, right? When we first moved into my house, I said to my husband, we'd spent so long because it was massively... It, at one point, it was just three <laughs> three walls, not even four, no roof, no floors. So you could just see rafters. And it was just, uh, you know, between the walls. I mean, I remember saying to him, once we'd got it all done, we'd had to make so many choices on the way. When it came to internal decoration, I just said, look, oatmeal carpets, paint everything white. And the minute I feel that it needs a colour, I'll make that decision. And some rooms still are that. And you're quite right. It's really clinical, clinical white because I haven't got to a stage where I just can make that decision. And that's been nearly 10 years, Rob. So, you know, 
they desperately need redecorating. It's just that that decision, I find a lot, it takes a lot out of me because it's not, yeah. it's such a major choice, right? It is, it? it is, it is, yeah. And, and it does affect your mood, as I can tell you myself. And mm. um, if you're not naturally gifted into interior decoration, I mean, and you're much more aesthetically aware than I am anyway. Uh, so you're probably much better at that to start with. I find it really, really difficult. I mentioned it earlier and we were talking a little bit and sort of before we hit record on the podcast, but I was lucky enough and I'm very grateful to have done this to have a retreat. Oh, yes. Is that, any, yeah, is that anything you've ever done, Helen? No, I have to say part of me just literally daydreams about the idea of just being able to have a, you know, time away and to just have time and space to do what I want to do. Then I remember back to the early days of the pandemic where that's exactly what I didn't do. I think that happened. It's true for a lot of people. Turns out having the time was not the problem. It turns out, as I suspect, if I took a retreat, Rob, I would just find new and interesting ways to procrastinate. So tell me, did you procrastinate or did you do stuff? Well, you know how my brain works. I I researched what a retreat should be and I found wonderful podcasts of, uh, you know, really, really great stories about people going and finding themselves and, you know, doing all of this kind of inner seeking, so to speak, you know, no agenda, sit yeah. still, go on country walks, you know, eat clean, do that sort of stuff. Um, I, on the other hand, I, I can't do that. You, you know, I can't do that. No, no, no. So I set myself a challenge for the weekend to record a year's worth of podcasts for the Parent Brain podcast. <laughs> Yeah. So you can imagine how well this went. And um, that was 55 episodes, broadly speaking, because I wanted you know to launch with three or four. I actually achieved 31 episodes. Oh, that's really yeah. good. That's it's not bad, progress. is it? It's not bad, but it, it was less of a retreat. I found a local pub, and <laughs> so that didn't go well on the first night. Let's say I probably had more drink than I should have and not enough food. So I felt really rough on a Saturday morning. That was the, the resultant uh, drop in productivity the next day. Is that uh, absolutely, fair? absolutely. It took me a while to get going to record that first episode. Um, but I did loads of country walks. It was really nice, actually. And I, I booked a little Airbnb. It was very, very small, um, very, very tiny, actually, for somebody's size of me. It was, <laughs> it was probably a bit too small. I should have done a little bit more research on that. And I booked it in Hartford, which is, you know, Essendon in Hartford, which is this sort of beautiful country, little middle of nowhere kind of uh, place. But it was extremely noisy because the bikers and the boy racers, they had a route through that sort of ah. little village. And so when I'm trying to record a podcast, of course, you want quiet. I thought I'd be in the middle of the countryside, which I was, but I, you know, it was quite a noisy countryside. And so it wasn't quite right, but I'm super grateful. Of course, my wife looked after the kids and I got the whole weekend to myself, which I'm very, very grateful for, of course. There's some lessons learned for next time. But generally speaking, you know, I had a goal, I had an objective, but I didn't, I didn't sacrifice my health and the walks and the calm in order to achieve it. And I think that was a really nice breakthrough for me. Yeah, that's quite unusual for you because normally you are so focused on the productivity that you break yourself in the process, don't absolutely, you? Absolutely, absolutely. Oh. But now I've just got 31 episodes to edit and publish. <laughs> it's still, it still marks personal growth, Rob, what can I say? Absolutely, I'll just stick those in Todoist and get overwhelmed with how many. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear, but yes, it's definitely it's definitely worth going and, and doing something like that if you can, of course. It's, you know, it's a privilege to be able to do stuff like this. 
So, um, but yeah, a little bit more research on my part next time. Well, I think we should do uh, our next talk uh, podcast should be on um, that mind map idea because you know that the idea of a retreat inspired me. I've got quite a lot of holiday yeah. to use up this year, so I quite like to do a couple yeah, of days doing that. Would be really nice because my holiday, which was today, um, I was saying to Rob just before we pressed record. My holiday today was to make up for the fact that my last five days have been absolutely slammed with uh, me doing stuff for every family member you could think of. And today's holiday, apart from this, is, is still not my holiday. So maybe I need a, a nice retreat, Rob. Yeah, yeah I, I was reminded um, on the retreat, of course. Sorry, my chair's clicking while I just move over to get the book. Um, but... There's a really good book by John Kabat-Zinn called Wherever You Go, There You Are. And the retreat really brought that home that even though I was, you know, 100 and odd miles away from the house in the middle of, you know, what I thought was a countryside in a tiny little Airbnb, I was still there. It was it was still me and my mind and my brain. And that book is a really powerful book, Wherever You Go, There You Are. And I think you made me realize that maybe I don't necessarily need a retreat I just need to carve out a little bit of space where I am. And I don't know, it's a bit deep. What do you think? I don't know. I've never read it. So uh, I've just written it down. So I remind myself on my little uh, mark and fold notepad, incidentally. Um, yeah, I've not, not heard of that book. So yeah, that might give that one a little look. I'm off to the uh, bookshop today with my daughter, taking her in to. I'm not allowed usually in a bookshop without supervision. Uh, because of course. Bad things happen. But yeah, I might give that one a look out. Make sure you, you take your stationary freak badge with you so that people know to uh, not let you spend on a credit card. Yes, we probably should have that. A little uh, please yeah. save me for myself kind of badge, maybe. I will say the, the, the book is about meditation, which if you're into that, then obviously there's lots of chapters on that. But it's actually a really powerful book that, you know, stop trying to escape yourself because wherever you go, you're still with yourself. So work on yourself first. Good book. So next time we'll talk about mind maps because, yeah, absolutely. And the power of, uh, you know, getting things out of your head and organizing things. And hopefully, Helen, do you think we can make that within the next six months, that next episode? I'd like to think, Rob, we can manage in the next months, but I, you know, we've, I'm scared to commit. <laughs> yeah, I need to you know, block book part of my calendar that doesn't have back to back meetings just to get some stuff done. This is the problem, isn't it? It's not just I have to be free or you have to be free. We both have to be free at the same time. Yeah. And that's proving horrendously difficult. <laughs> yeah, hence we're recording this at lunchtime <laughs> in between yeah, back to back meetings. <laughs> <laughs> and your holiday, of course. All right, Helen, um, that's cool. Nice little episode. Uh, welcome back. I hope we can actually get some more episodes out for you. It has been six months. We are definitely determined, as you can tell, we're sort of somewhat hopefully determined to get some more episodes out. Thanks again to everybody who is listening. We're still getting loads of downloads, so thank you so much to those that are still discovering it, listening to it, and hopefully subscribing. So, yeah, please join us on Instagram if you can. Not that we post much there, but Stationary Freaks UK. And I will try to post a little bit more there. I promise you, I will try that. Helen, anything else for the listeners before we sign off? Uh, no, I want to personally apologise for having been rubbish at joining in with you on these. But we are back, which is really exciting, actually. I miss these. Yeah, me too. Me too. It's good to chat. Right. Thank you, everyone. And we'll catch you in the next episode. Thanks. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.